Praise God. Man, I'm glad y'all are here tonight. Glad everybody's out there watching. I'm gonna, <clears throat> I'm gonna try out a message on y'all tonight. Uh, if it works, there'll be more to come. I feel like it falls off the end of the pulpit there. Well, then I'll just, y'all just chalk one up and say, well, pastor missed that one. But It's the word, praise God. Amen. Amen. So get your Bibles out. And if you would go to the book of Zechariah chapter 4, Old Testament, Zechariah 4, 6. You know this scripture, but I preach this message about ministry. And then um, this is, I don't know if it's following along or not. We'll see how it goes tonight. I've been chewing on this thing for a couple of months, and, and uh, there's so much to it. We're just going to follow the Holy Ghost. But let me pray. Father, I just thank you right now that, Lord, by the power of your Spirit, you're going to speak to every person tonight as they need to hear. That no matter what comes out of my mouth, no matter what words I say, Lord, your word's going to touch people with exactly what they need to hear from you. And, Lord, that's, what, that's what's the most important. And so, Lord, I praise you for it, and I thank you. Now, Holy Ghost, have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, you know, you can live your life by your own strength. There are people all over the world living their lives by their own strength, living their lives by their own ability, their own amount of knowledge, their own about a wit. They don't know Jesus. They're not, they're not living with the satisfaction on the inside of them and knowing that if they died, they're going to go to heaven. They're just living a life. And then, you know, some people are pretty skilled at it. You know, some people are pretty skilled at just starting businesses and making money and living the, the dream. So, so what they call the dream, you know. And, and, and doing okay and think everything's great and going to the finest restaurants and doing whatever else. I don't know what you do if you're in that place. But anyway. And then there's other people that do know Jesus. They're saved, but they're just living a life, and I'm going to call it just saved. In other words, they know that if they die, they're going to go to heaven, but then God has no real place in their life, no real uh, they're not living in that sense for Jesus. They're just, they're, they're, they just are secure. They go to church now. They're, they're good people, got, you know, but they're not studying the word. They're not stretching themselves. They're not trying to grow. They're not trying to develop themselves. They're not trying to develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And so, so you got those people, all right? And then you've got the people that are living a life that they're striving for the deepest walk they can have with Jesus. Now, you know, I never, I never live just a complacent, saved life because I was lost and then I was found and my life just went radical and I gave up everything and I, I have just run. It's like right now, and I was figuring up the other day, 35 years, and it's just like right now I'm stopping to see like, okay, well, what, what are we doing? You know, right? I mean, it was just, just whatever, just screaming and changed my whole life and whatever. And and then now I'm stopping to say, oh, I'm sorry, Lord. You know, what was it? What was I really supposed to be doing? I mean, you know, gosh, just blaze through all of this. <laughs> and so, Zechariah four six says something here. So he said, he answered and he said to me, this word of the Lord, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. It's not by might nor by power, 
but by my spirit, says the Lord. <clears throat> now, there's a lot of things going on right now. Okay, I could sit up here tonight and get into end-time eschatology and tell you about what I think that was going to happen in the world, and I could tell you all this, and I could draw, draw lines from here to there and whatever and tell you Jesus is right around the corner and you, you better get ready. And, and there's a part of me that believes that. But the other day, the Holy Spirit said something to me that it, it just kind of made me stop. And what he said was, he says, well, is it going to make any difference to the way you're living right now? You know, it shouldn't make any difference that you think Jesus is coming, so now you're going to hurry up and do something? I mean, that's going in really with the wrong attitude. That's why he didn't say, you know, on May 13th of 2023, I'll be back, because everybody would wait till the 22nd. Run to the church and say, I love you, Jesus, I love you. Right? He knew what we kind of dogs we are. He knew what we'd do. So he said, we're always supposed to be watchful. So we're supposed to be living a life, you know, that's watchful. And, and so, uh, so he says, it's not going to be by might nor by power. You're not going to be able to live for Jesus, even if you want to live a radical life, by your might or your power. That's where people get really religious and get really crazy. I mean, you end up in a cult. When you do things like that, right? When you're trying to do it by your strength. Because I'm telling you, folks, I hate to tell you, man, no matter how good you think you are, I'm telling you, 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 you get yourself in some trouble. Okay? But he says it's got to be by the Spirit of God. It's got to be by the Holy Spirit working in your life. You know, we, 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 we teach messages about, about uh, learning to walk in the Spirit and living a life of the Spirit and you know, in tune with the Holy Spirit, depending on what church or denomination you go to, everybody turns a different spin on it and this and that and the other, you know. But uh, it's really, you got to have the Holy Ghost in your life. you got to have Him leading you and guiding you, right? But I'm just telling you, we should, we should just be the most radical, happy people on the face of the earth because we have this relationship with Jesus. I mean, all the promises are ours, you know, what I... Read to you on Sunday about over in Second Peter, everything's been given to you. All the divine promises is all there. It's all laid out for us. I mean, my goodness gracious. But we tend to get drawn back into the world. We tend to get pulled back into the world and, and, and sucked back in. So anyway, I want to I wanna read. Now go into 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 2. And this is where I want to, I'm calling this message doubling up. I may have a different title for it next week, but we're going with that tonight. I was going to say doubling down, but then that, that just didn't sound right. So I went with doubling up. Let me get over there. Okay, there's a story here when Elijah ascends into heaven, and i got to read this. We need to read it and look at it all together. Let your eyes fall on it. And so i got to do a little reading here, so you all just stay with me. And so I'm, start, I'm going to start verse 1. It came to pass that when the Lord was about to take up Elijah to heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. Now remember, Elisha is the servant. He was after Moses, I mean Moses. <laughs> after Elijah was up on the mountain and God spoke to him, he told him to go down and he told him to go get Elisha, right? So he had been with him since then. And so he said, then Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, please for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. And Elisha said, as the Lord lives, 
And as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Now the sons of the prophet who were at Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And he said, be quiet. And Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he said, as the Lord lives and as my soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. Now the sons of the prophet who were at Jericho came to Elisha and he said, do you not know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And he said the same thing. He said, yes, I know. Keep silent. And Elisha said to him, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me onto the Jordan. And he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Now, 50 men of the sons of the prophet went and stood facing them at a distance while the two of them stood by the Jordan. Now, Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up, struck the water, and it was divided this way and that so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. And so it was that as they crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, ask, what may I do for you before I'm taken away from you? And Elisha said, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. So he said, you've asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. Then it happened as they continued on and talked that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire. That has been a sight. And separated the two of them. And Elijah went by a whirlwind into heaven. Now Elisha saw it. And he cried out, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. So he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and he tore them in two pieces. And he took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him. And he went back and he stood by the bank of the Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and he struck the waters and he said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he had also struck the water, it was divided this way and that. And Elijah crossed over. Now, when the sons of the prophets who were in Jericho saw him, they said, the spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. And they came to meet him and they bowed to the ground before him. And they said to him, look, 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 look. There are 50 strong men here with your servants. Please, let's go down and search for your master. At least perhaps the spirit of the Lord just taking him up into uh, uh, one of the hills and cast him up in one of the mountains or some valley. And he said, what are you talking about? <clears throat> he said, you shall not send anyone. But when they urged him till he was ashamed, he said, send, send them. So they sent the 50 men and they searched for three days, but they did not find him. And when they came back, for the, uh, he had stayed in Jericho. They said to him, uh, did I not say to you, do not go? All right. All right. So what a story, right? I mean, it's a wild story. But a couple of things I want to just, just take in this story here and I want to look at. All right. The first thing here is that how Elijah 
was trying to get Elisha not to go with him. And I was looking at this thing, I said, was he just testing him? Was he just going to see if he'd quit? Was he just, you know, was that the thing? God was just using this as a test to see, is Elisha really going to be a man who's hungry enough for a double portion? See, because the moment you decide you want to serve God with all of your heart and you're going to go all out, then as Elijah said to Elisha, you know, it's a hard thing. You know, Brother Ivan's coming in, going to be here uh, Sunday. We have Sunday morning service, Sunday night service. Make sure and be here and bring a friend. It'll be, it'll be a life-changing experience. But you could look at Brother Ivan's life and you could say, man, I wish I had the anointing Brother Ivan had. I just love to go to churches, see people get saved all over the place and all these things happening, you know, just great things and, and then they just go there. But yeah, are you, willing to, are you willing to travel every day of the week on an airplane? Are you willing to leave your family fly to places. Oh, you get to go places all over the place. Go preach, go do all this while leaving everything else at home. I mean, I don't have the grace to do what he does. I'd never, I wouldn't make it two weeks. I'd be back home. Through all the things that are going on in the Ukraine right now, I was talking to my wife when this first happened. I said, you don't know how close that, is, that I, that we, because I'd have talked her into it, would have been missionaries in the Ukraine. In 1993, if I would not have come back and the church wanted me to be the pastor of this church and, and I felt like God spoke to me, I was coming back with the determination that I was going to move my family to the Ukraine and become a missionary in the Ukraine. Because I saw it as the greatest harvest time. I was seeing thousands of people getting saved. I was seeing miracles taking place everywhere. The, the place was wide open for the gospel. I wanted to be there so bad. And I would have, I mean, just, just, I mean, it literally, if the church board wouldn't have been standing here and, and asking us and, and we felt like this is what Jesus wants, because I didn't want to do it. I wanted to go. I wanted to go over there, man. It was wild, man. It was amazing. Just people getting saved everywhere, you know? And so what I'm trying to say is, is that you don't always, you, don't, you know, sometimes you ask for a double portion, but you got to realize that with a double portion comes with sacrifice, responsibility, you know, all this. And so I think that's why a lot of Christians back off. But I can tell you, standing here tonight, that I'm so glad that I never backed off. I'm so glad that I've lived the life I've lived. I'm so glad that I, when I look back on my life, I'm so, I'm not, I don't regret one day of serving Jesus. Amen. No matter how many places I've been, no matter everybody trying to kill me, still trying to kill me, can't kill me. I'm just telling you, it, it, it's worth it. Serving Jesus with all of your heart is absolutely 100% worth it. Oh, there's a cost to pay, but it, it's worth it. Oh, man, it is worth it. I was told about a restaurant. We were in San Antonio yesterday. I was told about a restaurant that we should go eat at. It was going really great. And, la, 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 and we went and ate it. It was terrible. <laughs> Made me sick. Point being, what somebody says is good doesn't always mean it's good. But I'm telling you, serving Jesus is good. There is no, I don't regret one thing about serving the Lord. Now, Elisha here, he had this on the inside of him. So the first thing I'm going to tell you about 
serving, if you want, if you want to go for a life living for Jesus, okay, the exciting life, the life on top, the double, the double portion anointing life, if you want that kind of life, the first thing that you've got to understand is you're going to have to be faithful. God says if you're faithful in the little things, you'll be making you faithful in the much, so you don't have to worry about what you're faithful with. You just have to be faithful with what you got right now. Hello? And if you be faithful with it, God says, okay, we're kind of going down the road the right way for a double portion anointing. Because that's what he was asking about Elijah. Elijah's going to say, oh, just stay here. Stay here with the prophets. It's all comfortable. You're an important man, you know. And just think about it. Elijah could have gone on, got caught by the chariots, up in the whirlwind or however that happened. Elijah would have still been the next great prophet. Everybody would have turned right to him and said, oh, Elisha, Elijah's gone. We saw him go up in a ball of fire. He's gone, and so now you're the great prophet of Israel. So he could have taken that, but see, it would have been lesser than what he could have got. All right? So um, the second thing is, is you might as well just go ahead right now and just, just, just make the decision that you're going to be determined, that determination is going to take you forward. How many times, come on, man, how many times are going to exercise, we're going to go do this, we're going to do that, and then we just don't? Because it's not really down on the inside of it. It's not really the core. You're going to read 100 books. You're going to do whatever. You set out these aspirations you're going to go do, and then you finally, you, you, it wanes. But living a life for Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit always keeps you fired and keeps you going to the next and to the next and to the next. But you have to be determined. That's, the, that's where I'm going. Because if you're not, folks, if you're just doing it to please somebody or doing it to please mama or doing it to please them, or doing it, you're not going to make it. You may make it past the first stop or past the second, but by the time you get to the third, you say, okay, we'll go on. You said, please. Do you know, sir? He said that all four times. He said, please, please stay here. He said, okay, if you really want me to. But if you're determined, none of that stuff is going to make any difference. You're going to be like Elisha. You're going to say, as my soul is, I'm not leaving your side. I'm going on, okay? The third thing is when, when, when the prophets kept speaking to Elisha and he kept telling them to be quiet, you know, isn't that kind of strange? So, shh, what are you talking about? Don't, just, don't say anything. I don't know if he was scared of like Elijah turning around and saying, what are y'all talking about? You know, Jesus kept doing that to his disciples all the time. They're over there talking about who's going to be the greatest. I want to be the greatest. I want to be the greatest. I want to be the greatest. My mama was going to ask that I'm the greatest. And Jesus said, what are y'all talking about? And they were like, oh, nothing, nothing. I don't know if it was that kind of thing or simply that Elisha already knew it on the inside because it says at the very first of the, of the, the verses, he said he knew that Elijah was going to be taken up. So he had a word from the Lord. I'm telling you, I've told this story so many times, I'm going to tell it again. I remember I was just driving, I was driving right down 187, headed seven, I had to go to work. Go to work as a carpenter. 
and uh, driving down the road, and I was so hungry for God, just always crying out for God, and always crying out. I was driving down the road, and I said, man, God, I need you to give me a word. I just want a word. I just want you to tell me, you know, because I'm driving nails all day long, but wanting to be in the ministry, and just frustrated. And I kept thinking, God, give me a word. Show me. Show me this vision. Show me. Show me what's going to happen. Show me what I need to do, you know. And I'm driving the road. I mean, man, the Spirit of God came in that truck. And God spoke to me so loud, and I'll never forget it. It's still the piece of paper. I wrote it down. It said, be faithful, be consistent, don't quit. That's all I got. I mean, I wanted something big. I wanted, like, laid out, like, you're going to go, and you're going to go here, and you're going to do that. And that was his word to me. Be faithful, be consistent, don't quit. And I'm like, oh, wow. I remember one day I was driving down the road, too, and I was asking the Lord, man, Lord, I mean, where am I in this race with you in this in, in my run where, where am i and he said you didn't even got past the index and i'm like well thanks lord i mean i was thought i was halfway through the book still up there in the you know the forward so you got to have a word on the inside of you and that was a simple word be faithful be consistent don't quit but i took it to heart and i said okay I'll be faithful, I'll be consistent, I won't quit. I'll keep putting one foot in front of the other, going forward, and then, God, you're going to bring about whatever needs to be. You see, God's always trying to work with us every day and in every way and everything that we're doing. And depending on how, you know, I, I don't want to use this as a derogatory term, but I'm just using it as a term that I think we'll understand. Depending on how Pentecostal you are, you're looking for the burning bush. When you miss Jesus right there in the car with you, Trying just to give you some simple direction. You know, you're looking for the pink elephant to run across the road. You're looking for the, 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 the bright shining light. You're looking for the, you know, where's the mantle so I can slap the water and cry, where's the Lord God of Elijah and see some miracle happen. And you miss the subtle, still small voice of the Lord speaking to you and giving you some direction about what you need to be doing. Okay? So you got to have the word. The fourth thing is, Okay, the fourth thing is, is just think about this. Elisha would have never received what he had or what, what he received. He would have never received anything had he not taken action upon the word that he believed. He believed he needed to be there with Elisha. He believed he needed to be right there with him. And so if he would not have taken action on the word, and I've seen a lot of Christians in life that they, God, God's trying to give them direction, trying to speak to them, but they don't take any action on it. They sit around and mull it around and say, I don't know, is that really God or this or that? Or I don't know if I want to do this. I don't know. Because they just won't be in obedience to what God said. And so they miss the great move of God. Got to have some action. And then this is what I really want to really show you. Okay, I want to I go back to verse 14, 2 Kings 2.14. Yeah. I just think it's hilarious. Now, maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong in looking at it this way, but I just think it's hilarious that Elisha, okay, the mantle was, you know, his... Could have been his prayer shawl. It could have been his, you know, vestment that he had over him, right? And he picks it up, and he gets back to the waters. Now, first off, why did Elijah strike the water and part it 
to walk through. I can see, and again, I get to heaven, find out I'm wrong. Y'all can, y'all can tell, tell, on, tell, me, tell Jesus on me, okay? I can't see any reason to do that other than he just didn't want to get his shoes wet. There was really no reason for it. There was no, but he called forth a miracle just because he didn't want to get his feet wet. Now you think about this. If God would do that for Elijah, who the Bible says that we have greater faith than he did because we have better promises than he did and we're full of the Holy Ghost, well, then what does that say for us? What it says to us is we're not using the Holy Spirit. Then Elisha, I mean, yeah, Elisha picks up the mantle when it's fallen. And he walks right back over there and makes a major deal. See, look, it says, then he took the mantle of Elisha that had fallen from him and he struck the waters and said, where is the Lord God of Elisha? That's a pretty, I mean, he didn't just say waters part. I mean, he gets out there and whoops it, man. He's, where's the Lord God of Elisha? The waters part. Everybody says, yeah, buddy. <laughs> He's got a double portion. Don't mess with him, Right? I mean, you should just take some time and read the first, I don't know, five or six chapters of 2 Kings and just look at the, the, the starting of Elisha's ministry. I mean, he calls a she-bear out and eats up a bunch of kids just because they're calling him teasing because he's ball-headed, right? They're eating poison soup. He saves everybody. Causes an axe head to swim. All kinds of things. All right? And so my point is here is that he didn't look back. Now think about this. In other words, when he picked up the mantle of Elijah, he wasn't thinking, oh, I'm just second to Elijah. In other words, he took ownership of it. He, he didn't look back and let, let the, the past maybe failures or the past issues or the past problems of the past life hinder him. He took ownership of that. He got hold of that mantle, smacked the waters and says, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And I think a lot of Christians are hindered because they don't move on. They get hindered and bogged down by their past. And instead of taking the double portion, come to that place in life, make that determination and go on, they're always looking behind at their past failures. I remember when I was first, when I was young, you know, I mean, I lived a pretty crazy life. Uh, You know, we were growing up on the ranch and stuff like that. I mean, I was driving a a pickup, pulling a trailer by the time I was 14, 15 years old. And all y'all did the same thing driving a trailer truck to San Antonio when I was 16, didn't even have a license. And uh, I remember my father telling me, because I, when I first started learning and to drive, pulling a trailer, I was always looking in the rearview mirror. You know, just kind of like want to make sure it's still back there. And one day my dad said, quit looking behind. You know, look forward. Stop looking back there. It's back there. And it always stuck with me because it's like when I started walking with Jesus, it was kind of like I could hear those same words, but now 
in a spiritual sense, stop looking back and start looking forward. So what does the Apostle Paul tell us in Philippians 3.13? He says, Brethren, I do not count myself except to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, pressing towards the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So Paul says, man, I just got a hold of really one thing. I just forgot about what's behind me, and I went on to what's in front of me. He didn't wake up every morning and think, man, I wish I wouldn't have killed those people. Wish I wouldn't have thrown old Sally in jail, her and her family. He didn't let those things bog him down. You cannot let your past dictate what's going to be your future. And so, okay, you know, you've had some hard licks. You've, you, you've got some issues, but oh, well, you've got to get it behind you and start looking forward or otherwise you're never going to walk in a double portion. Hello? So it's not going to be by might nor by power but it's going to be by the Spirit of God that the Holy Ghost begins to show you how to get from where you are today to where you need to be. And if you try it by might, you're going to fail. If you try it by your power, you're going to fail. But if you try it, I, I don't even want to like to use the word try it, but if you do it by the Spirit, the Holy Ghost will get you right where you need to be. Amen. And as long as you become, you know, faithful and determined, get that word of the Lord in you, and then put action to it, quit looking back, the double portion anointing is yours. You know, I think one of the very, the, one of the, the, the um, downfalls that I had in the early days of, of walking with Jesus is I kept looking at other people thinking, Oh, that looks good. It's like buying a car. You know what I mean? I kept looking over at that, that ministers and that, that, that guy's ministry and that guy's ministry and that guy's ministry. And I kept thinking, oh, that would be fun. Oh, look at that. That'd be great. Instead of just asking the Lord, what do you want me to do? You know? What do you want me to do? And uh, I'm just telling you, folks, man, living for the double portion, living all out for Jesus is the greatest Greatest, greatest, greatest life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, that's it. Praise God. It was for somebody. Now, I want to encourage y'all. I really, I really do, because I've told y'all this. I really, you know, I, with all the events going on in the world today, I just, I really feel like, man, we're, Jesus really is, he really wants us to be the church. And I'm just believing for, I don't know what, to be honest with you, because I don't want to put a label on it. But I am just believing that we're, going to, we're coming into some of the greatest days ever in your life. And I believe we all need to be sensitive to what the Spirit of God's doing and saying. Um, we need to definitely keep praying for the Ukraine. I mean, my heart's grieved because I've got seed sowed, or we have seed sowed in Russia. We have seed sowed in the Ukraine, and they're fighting each other, okay? So I don't know if somebody got saved that's on the Russian side or somebody was saved on the Ukrainian side, right? So we just got to pray for them all in this whole conflict and stuff. And uh, I don't know. I started asking the Lord. I said, hey, man, does this mean I get to go back to the Ukraine? I tried to join the uh, 
international foreign brigade going over there, but my wife wouldn't let me, and I was really disappointed about that for a couple of days. They said, anybody from 18 to 60, man, I'm sliding right in under the wire, but bless God, I could do it. I need to hurry up. <laughs> Get over there pretty quick. <laughs> bless God, I'd slide. I felt so privileged, man, that they wanted a 60-year-old. I mean, I'm like, come on, buddy. Yes, somebody wants me out there. Yeah, they'd probably give me the, the worst job in the world. Okay, you sit over here. You can't run. It depends on what's after me. I run pretty fast for a short distance. <laughs> Amen? Amen. But stand up. Let me pray over you. And don't forget, Sunday, be here. And then what time we 6.30 Sunday night? Yeah, 6.30 on Sunday night. So bring, here, bring a friend. Bring five or six. Drag them in here. Tell them if they get in the right seat, we've got $100 bills stuffed underneath the seat if they get there. And they don't find one, say, oh, you must have been in the wrong seat, you know. Whatever it takes to get them here, bless God. But we're going to have a great time. I know the brother Ivan, I talked to him. He's just seeing amazing, amazing things in churches. Thousands and thousands of people that are, that are, that are being saved, baptized in the Holy Spirit, just, he's just having unbelievable services, and so you want to be here. Amen? So let me pray for you. Father, I just thank you tonight. I just declare that, Lord, I'm speaking to people that I know want a double portion anointing. Lord, they want to double up on everything that they've got with you. And so I pray over them tonight, Lord God, that you would lead them by the power of your spirit, that, Lord, they would, they would just throw off the worldly things and go for you, Jesus. But Holy Spirit, I think you're going to lead them. You're going to guide them. You're going to direct them. You're going to give them that word. And you're going to lead them on that right path, Lord God, for you. They're going to quit looking back. Lord, I break off all the yokes and the chains and the, of people that have been looking at their past and letting that, that bog them down. I just declare tonight that it's broken in Jesus' name. And they will look forward and they will go forward and not ever let the past hinder them from going on and running their race with you, Jesus. And so, Lord, I thank you for new beginnings. I thank you for new things in people's lives. I thank you for a fresh anointing flowing all over this valley and all over the people and everyone around, Lord. Lord, we do lift up the Ukraine tonight. We just pray for the Ukraine. We pray for all those in Russia, Lord. We just pray that your hand is upon this, that, Lord, you're, you, would, you would be lifted and exalted in the midst of it, O oh God. And that, Lord, you would be protecting people's lives. And that, Lord, you would be showing us everything that we need to be doing. And so, Lord, I ask you to bless everyone, bless their hands, bless their tithes, bless their givings, their businesses, everything going on, Lord. We just thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you, church.